Welcome back to the Poacher Playlist. Andy, how have you been, buddy? Doing great. Um, just uh, had my birthday weekend last weekend, and I went out to ah. San Francisco, got a, went to a couple restaurants, went to a really nice steakhouse, and then went to a really nice um, Thai like fine dining area, and both were pretty good. Mm. Was the Thai restaurant Farmhouse Thai? No, it was Nari, which is uh, oh. it's a sit-down, like, seven-course, eight-course uh, it was good, but it was just very salty, unfortunately. Oh, we were interesting. Like, oh, this is salty. And then the curry comes, and we're like, oh, this is really salty. Oh, and, uh, that's But otherwise, it was really good. <laughs> I see, I see. What was the steak restaurant you went to? Steak restaurant was called Niku, which is a Japanese Ooh, steak. Ooh, yeah. fancy. Andy uh, out here balling for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Um, did you have time to watch anything or just celebrating? Just celebrating my birthday. Fair enough. That's Brandon, good. do you want to talk about the movie that you and I watched? Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this movie on this podcast a few times, but it's our favorite good boy, Kim Sono, and he was in a movie middle of last year called, I think the American name is called The Childy, and then the Korean name is Kigongja. Kigongja. I don't know what either of those words mean, but he plays like a ruthless assassin for hire or gun for hire type of role. Mm-hmm. It was great seeing him kind of break out of the good boy mold just because we've seen him in startup. We saw him in hometown cha-cha-cha, but here he's like swearing, killing, crazy action scenes. I really enjoyed the movie. Did you, Jenny? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, actually... I think a handful of our approaches, our listeners, have uh, mentioned that we should pick it up on Patreon. But unfortunately, Brandon and I couldn't wait. So we just watched the movie. Um, I think it was really, really good. I would definitely recommend if you like really strong, action-heavy um, movies and there's just a lot of like really fun like car chase scenes and you know there's a big twist that I wasn't expecting and I think that always makes me happy because I just like it was not predictable at all for me um, so it was really fun and I felt like it was good to see Kim Sono kind of come back and come in to this like very devilish role I guess just like he's very um, he's not like full-on he doesn't appear like a bad evil person he's very like mischievous i would say so it was really cool to see him that way uh, but yeah he looked great and the movie was really, really fun and i would definitely recommend to, to anyone so i think the way we watched it was we rented on amazon prime right yes. that's how people in the u.s might be able to find it but exactly. i'll read the plot synopsis plot synopsis on asian wiki A boy in the Philippines who was born to a Korean father and Filipino mother dreams of becoming a boxer. The boy travels to South Korea to find his father that abandoned him, and he gets involved with unsavory people. Very vague. Very vague, and I think it's it's a good vague. (laughs) But um, I think it's one of those movies that it's very easy to watch. It's not like... I don't know like it's not super heavy I would say so it's like very casual but fun and a little gory as well well with that being said guys I think this is our official first episode of 2024 where we're going to be reviewing 2024 dramas and we have a blank list we have a you know 2024 list with nothing on it we're starting two new dramas the first one is going to be a shop for killers and the second one is going to be Dr. Slump which one should we do first guys 
Why don't we start with Shop for Killers? I think we're going to be reading four episodes, and then we can go into Dr. Slump later. Awesome. Andy, you want to lead the uh, Shop for Killers? Cheers! So Shop for Killers, we're doing episodes one through four, and this is a Hulu original. It stars uh, Lee Dong-wook and um, Kim Hye-jun. Lee Dong-wook is like the male, the main male lead. But we'll start with the Asian wiki for, first, and I'll read it around. I won't, I won't pass it to Brandon this time. I can read it. <laughs> When Jung Ji-an was little, her mother was murdered by her father, and her father took his own life on the day of her grandmother's funeral. Jung Ji-an was suddenly left all alone. Her uncle, Jung Ji-man, took her in, and they lived together. While raising Jung Ji-an, Jung Ji-man ran a mysterious shopping mall. This wasn't actually a shopping mall. It's more like a warehouse. So. Yeah. Jung Ji-an eventually enrolled in a university and left her uncle's home. She began to live by herself. One day, Jung Ji-an hears that her uncle has suddenly passed away. She goes back to her uncle's home where she lived with him. She becomes to know about the real identity of the shopping mall that Jung Ji-man ran. Yeah, I would say hearing the first sentence of the Asian wiki, I was like, wait, what? Did that happen? But then I think it's an interesting interpretation of the situation because that's kind of how... Jian, the main character, interpreted her family's death, but just to clarify to our listeners, you quickly find out in the show that that's not the case. Yeah, like right away, the the show showcases that like, okay, they got murdered. It, yeah. I mean, they were staged as a suicide. We as the viewers, it's very explicitly known that we know that's happening, but the right. main character, Jun Jian, does not know that they've been murdered. Or like, she maybe have known, but she kind of like blocked it out uh, mentally. Exactly. Damn, Asian wiki strikes again with these misleading um, plot summaries, <laughs> man. Yeah, I'm like, huh, maybe we should be giving our own interpretation. I know, Asian right? Wiki. Come on. <laughs> now we're just like shitting on Asian wiki and I feel yeah. kind of bad. Like week after week, we're like, mm, bad summary. Or like, oh, no, that one okay. is actually okay. Okay, to be, it's <laughs> not them writing it. it. No, it is. Yeah. They write it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. I thought they would get it provided by the drama. Or no, I think like somebody yeah. supplies a summary as part of Asian wiki. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. Okay, I take everything I've ever said back. I won't mess with them anymore. I didn't know it was like a person at Asian Wiki writing it. Yeah, it's a person. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's okay. <laughs> so we'll do uh, first impressions for the show leading up, uh, and we'll start with uh, Jenny. Sure. Um, I feel like Brandon and I kind of touched on this show maybe an episode or two ago where we kind of first started it. Um, I didn't know we were going to pick it up formally, I think, which is why we talked about it. But anyhow, answering your question, first impressions, I was pretty immediately hooked into this show. Um, I really liked how they portray the um, timeline. So it's very like jumping back and forth. But I think that actually made me really into it just because I wanted to know like, how did we get to this point? How did like this person fit into that? And like, oh, like, what is this like training arc? Like, I I really enjoyed the way that they portrayed it. So I think my interest was like peak. Um, And I just really liked the relationship between Jian and Jinman, uh, which is why I think, um, you know, this show to me was just so fun um but yeah i think very positive first impression and yeah just really enjoyed it i think this show left a really really strong first impression because it had one of the craziest cold opening scenes in any drama that i can think about and what i mean by like a cold open is i'm pretty sure the first scene you're right into the scene in the kitchen where they're being hunted with a sniper Mm -hmm. and you're like who is this girl who's bleeding out in the corner over there why is there a little boy why is there a sniper and you're just like what is happening and then as jenny said i loved how they piecemeal the information toggling between 
past time and present time and even in present time Chian is finding out more and more information about her uncle who just seems like a regular factory worker type of character and I was so shocked in the first episode when we find out that Idongu actually becomes unalived because I never read the Asian wiki right. so that was a big shock I was like what the hell Idongu is the main actor how is he already dead mm-hmm. we can get into predictions on whether he's actually dead or not but it really hooked me from the first episode and then the second episode when they do the upbringing of Chian and Chongjinman those are some of the cutest scenes. I, I really fell in love with the show for the first two episodes. Um, second two episodes, we can get into those. But, you know, the, the core two uh, really had me hooked. Yeah. Andy, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I think the very first two, I really enjoyed. I just kind of binged the first two, like, almost right away. And I was like, wow, uh, the cold opening, that's the biggest thing that hooked me. And I was like, wow, okay, this is going to be an action-packed show. Uh, I really liked how, like, she was able to, like, you know, fight real quick right away. Um, but and in, in episode two, when they started to go more about the backstory, I, when she was a little girl and she was like such a badass as a little girl running away, and she like was very knows what to do, and she's not like a dumb character uh, when she was a kid. Um, but going into three and four, that's when things drastically changed for me, where I feel like I have the most uh, negative opinions for the show. I think mm. I'm a little bit opposite from Jenny, where I actually don't like the back and forth. I I think it felt very weak. I kind of wanted to know what's happening in the present day. Um, they keep going back to the past. I think it's fine showcasing the pre- uh, the training arc and whatnot in the past. I kind of want to compare this to Money Heist, where we can see the, the past of each character, so we can see more of a backstory, character backstory, what's going on. But when they keep going back and forth, it feels like it's like unlocking a hidden character development of our main character, the, the female character. And it's like she she's always had these abilities, but... We just go back to the past, and then suddenly she gets like this, you know, fist fighting kind of thing. Like from the from the beginning, she always had these like shooting mechanics, but they like kind of showcase that like, oh, I don't know how to shoot. There's guns, and then suddenly we go to the past, and then one minute later, she's like, aha, I I know how to shoot guns now because we went <laughs> to the past, uh, or we so went to the past. So now she's like really good at Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yes. I can see that. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more um, gripes that I have, uh, but I mean, that's I'll, I'll talk a little bit about those a little bit later. Yeah, let's save the gripes because I, uh, I still have some good things to say. You know, you mentioned the training art, Andy, and I, I feel like one of the fun things, though, is the show is not like, hey, this kid was trained from the ground up to be this killer or this um, this tactical, but she was trained almost like inadvertently. You know, mm-hmm. Chung Jin Man would like bring out a gun and be like, oh, like, do you want to learn how to shoot? And like, they're in the middle of nowhere. He's kind of like this fun uncle type of character. And she's like, gets really good at shooting. Or like one of my favorite characters in the last two episodes was Passin. Um, she just decides to train Muay Thai with him. So like, she's like developing these skills in like different ways that all culminates into her present day abilities, which I think is pretty cool. And I love thinking about how the uncle might have plan this whole thing out which is why i feel like for predictions it could be pretty fun yeah i hear you i i agree with you where it's it, it feels frustrating when you first watch because you're like oh my gosh like why are you not hustling to do this or like why are you not capable right away um especially right after you see that like she's kind of known about her uncle's situation and she's had some past training but i also just feel like you know 
I think I was telling Brandon this, like, while we were watching the show, I was like, oh my gosh, like, why is she not doing this? But, like, after you kind of just realize, like, she is doing, like, experiencing something in the heat of the action for the first time. So, like, I was okay, uh, you know, a little bit after that things were kind of coming up slowly for her because she's never been in a situation where she's getting kind of shot at and, like, people are attacking her, like, just outright. Like, it's always just been kind of a skill in the back of her head and like little pieces of her memory when she was younger so like I think overall at the end of the day I'm like fine with the like timing and pacing of her development in the show um but I I can see why that could be frustrating for other people especially if you're like in a really tense scene and you get a flashback you're like no but I want to know what's happening in the present so I can see why um, you can feel that way did you have anything you anything else you liked Andy I'm trying to think what else. Andy, I thought you'd have liked maybe like the guns and kind of the weaponry aspect. And like, I thought his online like killer shop thing was kind of cool. Like how people have different codes. So like, obviously the people who are like, I think purple code are like considered, you know, higher level. And Much then you, higher level. I yeah. think the girl, Mina is purple tier. Yes. And then like, obviously the green card, which is our main Jinman and Jia, it's like they are like untouchable. And then like everyone else is kind of on a different tier. And so like maybe they bought less stuff or i don't know like i thought that was kind of interesting i guess different way to ask andy is what did you think about this assassin underground shop world building that they've done okay so i think the world building of the shop i think it's on paper the premise sounds really really cool i think the execution kind of fell flat Uh, i think you have these really trained killers these assassins are really really good but they're so goofy that like they get a new toy. They're like, uh-huh, this is a cool toy. And then they want to go like, I guess they basically have to kill her. And they're not professional about it. They're very, they're goofing around. They feel like stormtroopers. Then the action f- sequences feel like it just didn't feel real. It feels so choreographed that like, okay, you do a right punch. Okay, you catch the right punch. Then you, you throw the left punch kind of thing. Um, when they're like shooting their guns, their guns are always pointing to the ground. They're not doing the proper training. It's just very like frustrating to watch a lot of the action because it's like you guys are supposed to be kind of the top of the top. And you guys are very like, you guys are kind of like thugs or like mm. stormtroopers, I would say. Well- like I would argue that the people who kind of infiltrated aren't supposed to be top of the top because they, they're, it seemed like they were just like hired people, but they weren't like a high tier. Like Mine, for example, like the assassin lady, she's like a top tier person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that came across in how she fought. But I read everyone else as like lower tier. So they were just not supposed to be as good. I think that's how I took it too. Yeah. I thought they were just like, People in Korea that sort of knew how to use weapons and have killed before, but they weren't like the elite killers. Right. So I thought that's why they all freaked out when they found out that Mine, the purple tier, was there. Was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in terms of the action, though, I get what you mean where it's very choreographed. Like that scene where all the lights go off and she was picking apart mm-hmm. one by one. I could see why you would think it's very choreographed, but I don't know. I just like turned my brain off and like I enjoyed it. It was yeah. like it was at least fun <laughs> to watch for me. I agree. Um, I didn't try to deep it too much. It just con- kind of reminded me of like 
John Wick. You know how like everyone's shooting at John Wick, but he never gets hit by a bullet. So like I just kind of like took it like that. <laughs> That's true. Well, I okay, think, so uh, uh-huh. like it's so hard because when you compare to the John Wick, those guys are they're also train killers too, but they're not thugs. They're actually using proper training. They actually are not like stupid. They mm. are actually like pointing the gun properly at the people, as opposed to you walk into the building, the gun's pointing to the ground. You don't do that. You're like you're trying to kill someone. Your gun needs to be up, kind of a thing, and like mm. uh, it just it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I didn't notice the gun pointing down yeah, thing. That's neither. pretty funny. But I thought the one thing that was a little unrealistic for me was when she like puts the body on top of her, and she's like, "Oh, I'm being squished," and then takes out two guns and shoots the two guys. <laughs> I was like, "All right, I don't know about that one." I don't know, guys. Maybe I'm just like not technical or like i don't know how i would have gone around in a fight but i was like eating up all the fight scenes especially the one with mine i thought she was so cool and all of her moves i was like damn you're hot like you're mothering right now you know in terms of the general world building for me though i do think it's really interesting because they have a set rule where if you're a code green which is supposed to be chinman uh, and chian everyone else is supposed to be protecting them but you have this one character I think in the show his name is Lee Songjo and I think we're led to believe that he's the one responsible for Jinman's family's death. I don't know why from the past and even in the present day he's just keep trying to kill yeah both Jinman and as an extension Chian mm-hmm. like yeah. they haven't explained that and it just sucks because every one of those thugs have purchased weapons from Jinman and held him to a high regard. But they're truly just gun for hire. Like now that Chimman's dead, they get paid a little money, and now they're gonna tr- all try and kill Chian. Yeah. It's like I want to keep watching because I do have a lot of things that I want to find out. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, I totally agree. I think one of the things that like I just need to know is like why are they after her? And because it's like they established that there's this whole code thing. So it's like, you know, there's the idea of like honor amongst thieves. So I expected that to still be the case. And it just sucks to see like only Mine and then like I think one other character who just like lives in the basement. Brother? They're no, yeah, like brother and Mine are the only two people who are like trying to help, which I'm like, I thought that you guys had a lot of like, you know, like I thought there was like a different group here that would be like, helping Jia instead of just them two um so it sucks to see that the good people are kind of outnumbered so I, I do need like a good explanation or I feel like I'm gonna be really disappointed yeah I guess one one good thing that I can bring up uh I can talk about is I do like Lee Dong-wook's character I do like that he has a lot of screen time because we go to the past because you know he's a phenomenal actor and I do want to see him on the screen his character is great because he is the main person that was heading the shop and it was really mm-hmm. cool to see all these precautions that he set for himself and for Jian when in case he dies and so um like all the shop is up you know he prepared her for training and then when she actually dies he's got this like handoff situation with brother giving off the manual and everything so i thought that was really cool yeah i guess another if we're talking about positives one thing i really liked was the fact that um the the really innocent looking guy i think his name is jung jungmin he turned out to be like the big bad i was not expecting it at all like literally up until like maybe midway episode four i was just like i wonder who killed Jin. and then it was him and i was like holy moly like i did not see that coming and i i feel like i usually have a good sense for like who the bad person is but that one really caught me by surprise i think the introduction of the brother character this was like maybe the last 30 minutes of episode four those scenes were really high tension for Mm. me 
I was like, why is this kid down there? And it is really sketch because yeah. he has the CCTVs for the entire house. But and right, her dorm, too. Yeah, and yeah. the school. And I don't know, brother's character and Mina's character, the fact that we had both of them and Mina also, Mina also explained, like, every time you call Jinman, one of us gets alerted, and that's why we've always come to help. I feel like that explanation came before brother's introduction, so I was leaning mm-hmm. towards trusting him. And then when he started to, like, act real sus towards Chungmin, I believed brother right away. Yeah. And so when... Yeah. Chian wasn't pressing play on the video. I was like oh my ripping my freaking hair out. <laughs> and when like, she decides watching. not to, and then it turns out that Chongmin is bad, I was like so upset. Yeah, me too. But I wasn't expecting it. I was still like kind of uh, like dancing around. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe he's good. Maybe brother is just like misunderstood the situation. But yeah, I didn't see it coming. Did you did you find that a as a crazy reveal, Andy? Um, no, I think when brother character show up and he started stuttering, usually I feel like that's like, oh, this guy's probably a good guy. <laughs> like, like the, like, you know, they're not going to make it like a, a thug, like a stutterer kind of a thing. That's so true. I was like, okay, he's probably like a good guy. And he had all, obviously he had all the information. He had the handbook. So he mm-hmm. had all evidence that he was working for the uncle. Uh, so you should probably trust, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that situation. But it, I agree. It was really, really frustrating that like she just took a long time and then just like it was very tense and i was like okay come on just you you decided to just let him go and then he just get um stabbed in the back well like yeah. my thing was like she had nothing to lose by just playing the video it's like it doesn't mean that i don't trust you chungman but let's just watch whatever evidence that he says he has and it doesn't mean you don't need to watch the video and then send brother away i think that was just well my i think chungman got into her head because he was like what if if you press play, it's actually like opens up all these doors and stuff. And I can see in that moment where you just like truly don't know the system. You could That's be fair. like, ooh, well, I don't want to like accidentally die. So like, why don't we send him away first? And that way he's like out of the picture and then we'll figure it out maybe. So I can see why she did it, but I do agree. But I was like, oh God. At the same time, they were both locked up and brother let them both go. So yeah, brother could have just, you know, just let every, anyone come in. He had them both yeah. captured. So you just true. like... <laughs> Fair, fair. But to, to Jian's defense, Chongmin is a childhood friend, has always, air, I'm doing air quotes, heard. helped out the uncle. And even when she was being bullied in the past in the cafeteria, there's the scene where Chongmin was the one helping her. Crazy to find out that Chongmin was also bullying her and acting like he was helping her. Yeah. So like, I guess we'll get into predictions. Like, What do you guys think? his end game is like do you think he knew about the underground weapon selling before it seemed like he had some kind of idea that there was something happening like behind the scenes i feel like he just wanted the money and kind of the glory of it it doesn't seem like he's actually trained so i don't know how he's going to like i don't know if he's gonna like take on the actual company it seems like maybe it's just like a monetary thing what do you think andy yeah, I think it's probably a monetary thing, um, or he's just a psychopath because he's all like, oh, "I'm gonna be nice to you uh, in unfaced, but in the background, I'm the one that's actually bullying you, so I'm mm. the one in control of your life and your own like um, personality in a sense." Yeah, uh, so, I can see yeah. that. Do either of you guys think that he's in cahoots with the sniper guy? Oh, I didn't I think, even think yeah. about that. I, I, could, I could see that potentially. Yeah. Although it did mm. seem like the drones were still trying to kill. Chungmin? I don't know. But I guess it would be weird if 
they didn't try you know it'd be obvious i don't know but that's a good point i i don't think they are i feel like they're operating separately it seems like the bad guy he just has like separate beef with jungmin and like for some reason he had to hold off for this period of time but now that he's dead i think he has like an opening which is why i think he came in so i don't think necessarily that um you know like the kid is in cahoots with the bad guy fair enough all right anything else we want to touch on no i think that's mostly it andy what in the show needs to happen for you to kind of get back on board after this action scene that we saw i don't know i feel like i've been kind of tainted to see where this is going for i think just looking at the the way the show is shot i'm kind of (laughs) i don't know what i want to see i want to see better action i want to see i want to see the present day and her just grow as a character but i think we're going to keep going back to the past because mm-hmm. i think the show wants to continue to showcase ludongwook as a character and also to showcase i mean with the review of jungmin i think we're going to show uh, the past of him as well i want to know the present day and how she's going to control the shop and run the shop in the future mm-hmm. and that's i'm pretty sure we're not going to see that so i'm going to be kind of bummed for that. i see i see okay brandon what about you anything you want to see for the next couple episodes I mean, I'm enjoying the show. I don't have as many gripes as Andy. I just want to... I'm an answers guy. I just want to understand what's happening. And I do agree with Andy where I do want to see Chian take ownership of the uh, of the shop. But uh, And also, correct me if I'm wrong, Jenny. This is from a manhwa or a webtoon, or is it based off of I think it's something? based off of a book, which I'm not sure if it was a webtoon, but I think it, someone mentioned a book. Right. So I wonder if this could be a multi-series thing because mm. I don't know how many episodes this is, but I just don't know if we have enough time for her to fully take ownership. But yeah. that would be a cool angle. I do agree with Andy there. I think it's an eight-episode K-drama, so oh, it seems already like halfway we're already done, halfway. Um, yeah. So I think in my head, what would be great is like, we just get some answers in the next two where we like understand the history of like why we have people after Jinman and like his family. And I think the last bit I want to just see our main character kind of like flourish and like get a hold of the situation. And like Andy said, like take kind of control of um, the company and whatnot. So I hopefully that we cover both those two. I will say that like despite this being a short K drama, I do feel like we're covering a lot of ground in terms of backstory and like you know setting things up so my hope is the next four episodes do kind of wrap this up nicely so let's end with this question it's going to be really quick and andy on this podcast for four years has always said no one is ever dead until you see their actual body and we have seen idongook's body scar on his neck chian's right who the hell commits suicide like that But people on our Discord seem to think that he might be still alive. So I, we need official predictions now. Is Idongook actually dead or not? We'll start with Andrew. Uh, I think he's dead. Um, I think if he's still alive, like they're gonna sh- maybe say that he was like a doll or something, kind of a thing. Like you know, like a fake a cadaver body that kind they of found. Thing. But <laughs> I think he's dead because they actually showcased the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be kind of mad if they're like, "No, I got gotcha. you. He's not actually dead." Uh, I'll be even more frustrated if that's yeah. the case. I'm not saying that this is my prediction, but one interesting angle could be he faked his death to draw out everyone mm. that would try to come and kill Qian mm. for him to then realize these are the people that are after me and now I have a chance to surprise kill them. Like That mm. could be a good yeah. tactic. That is a good tactic. With that said, I think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's like a 
like a five percent piece of me the delusional side that's like no maybe he faked it but yeah I'm, I'm with you guys I just don't see how he could be alive especially if the angle is um the fact that what's his name Jung Jungman is the one that killed him because he is so just unassuming like yeah if we know that it was one of the bad guys who killed him maybe I'd be like oh like maybe he faked it but it was like the neighborhood kid you know so I, I think he is dead you know the show is really interesting because they kept showing Jian always trying to sneak attack um Chin Man mm. and it never works I mean the guy has like eyes on the back oh, of his yeah. head but for the fact that if the fact that Chung Min was able to slice his neck he really must have schemed hard yeah so I'm excited sure. to see that yeah definitely all right I think that wraps up uh shot for killers nothing else right Andy no no nothing else all right. Well, Jenny, we have another new drama. We have Dr. Slump. Do you want to lead this one? Yeah, let's do it. Cheers! Um, so Dr. Slump, it is a 16-episode K-drama on Netflix. Um, we have a lot of familiar faces. We have Park Chene, and this is her first um, K-drama I read after her marriage and her baby. Um, so congratulations to her on both. And we're also seeing Park Hyun-shik. Um, I think the last K-drama we watched him in might have been Soundtrack Number 1, which is one of Andy's favorites, apparently. Um, very hotly contested back um, in 2022, maybe? Um, so it's good to see both of them on screen. I think they were also in an older K-drama called Airs. Um, I don't think they were like a main love line, but if anybody really likes seeing them together, maybe check out that k-drama as well um but anyhow um you know we have the asian wiki description and brandon i know andy did it earlier but i'm gonna throw this one to you <laughs> no problem during his school days yo jong Park Hyun-sik, always placed first in academics and he studied at the top medical school in the country yo jong is now a popular plastic surgeon his life goes smoothly but due to a mysterious medical accident his life is pushed to the edge at this time, he meets Nam Hanel, Park Shin-hye. She was a rival in his past, and he meets her at the lowest point in his life. Nam Hanel works as an anesthesiologist. When she was growing up, people called her a genius due to her extreme intelligence. She studied hard and became a doctor. Her life consists of only work and studying. She doesn't have any time to experience fun. One day, Nam Hanel realizes she isn't happy with her life and she wants to make a change. At this time, she meets Yeo jong during one of the worst moments in her life. They comfort each other and a romantic relationship blossoms between them. Damn, what a spoiler in the last sentence. Hey, good good job, Asian Wiki. <laughs> you have to be nice now moving forward. <laughs> All right. Love you, Asian Wiki. <laughs> heart, heart. <laughs> um, okay, so as we said, we have a couple characters. You have Jung-woo, who's played by Park Young-shik. We have Han-eun, who's played by Park Shin-hye. Um, seems like she has a friend called Hong-nan. Um, I don't really know this actress, but her name is Kong Sung-ha. Um, and then there's another person named Tae-young. He seemed kind of antagonistic initially um but then it seems like he also cares a lot about young uh jungwoo um but he's also another doctor um and then we have hannah's family that we've seen a little bit but i think that's about it for characters um let's go right into first impressions andy i'll hand this over to you <laughs> i feel like this episode is gonna be andy having problems with k-dramas oh, no. <laughs> hey, he's, he's been doing that a lot lately all right why are you so mad what's going on no. andy be happy <laughs> you know it's it's just i don't know what it is it's just uh, having a lot of gripes these days all right. um, but this show i think this show is it has such big spectrum for me i i have i, I really like the show in some aspects but i have so many gripes i kind of just 
brings me back over the edge. Um, first impressions of like the good positive things. I really like the relationship between the two. It does give me a little bit of our beloved summer vibes where we just go back to the past, you know, rivals, friends, and enemies, and they come back and they meet each other uh, together. And I want to continue to see like their relationship blossom. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm looking to- forward to seeing in episodes, you know, three, four and, and, and whatnot. Um, the biggest gripes I do have for the show is just the medical background. Um, a lot of characters are just mean to kind of be mean. Uh, it's just really, really frustrating. And then obviously, like, the lawsuit that's going on, like, that whole spiel is, like, really, really frustrating to me. Um, but besides that, I mean, everything else is kind of kind of great. And I really like to see Park Hyung-shik on, uh, on, on screen because he's, I think he's the most attractive actor ever to live. <laughs> really? He's wow. your number one visuals, Andy? I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. Damn, that's Ever great. to live. That's such a high praise. Wow. Ever Part, to live. Fucking shake it home somewhere out there. You you know that Andy is saying this about you. <laughs> you know, I have very similar sentiments as Andy, but my feelings towards the show are overall generally very positive. Mm-hmm. I will admit, you know, I never know what most of these shows are about. So I go in usually pretty cold. And at first I was like, not really feeling it, but... Park Hyun-shik's just Comedy. flamboyant <laughs> body acting yeah. that he does uh, brought me right back. I was like, man, I miss him. I love seeing him on screen. Yeah. I feel like the visual chemistry and the um, mm-hmm. just the relationship between him and Park shin really does remind me of our favorite couple, Andy, from Our Beloved Summer. So that had it there for me, too. I do agree where um, you know that asshole doctor that was bullying um, Park shin oh, character yeah. really so sucked. Much. But I didn't mind it because it was kind of like just one episode and done. I mean, it was the catalyst for her quitting. So, like, I didn't really deep it. I didn't think we were going to see much of him going on. I kind of differ with Andy where the lawsuit for me was a nice added layer of complexity to an otherwise just regular romance show. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of want to understand, like, ooh, this mysterious Macau um, casino heiress randomly dies. And, like, is someone trying to frame him? Like, why him? Who in the inner circle might be doing this? So, like, that added a little bit of fun. Because without that, there's really not much that I would be wanting to find out in the show. Mm, Right? Like, we know they're going to get together. Asian Wiki literally says they are. So, the only other thing that would really keep me watching outside of the romance would be to figure out what's going on with the trial. So, I actually liked that angle. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with both you guys. Um, I think overall my first impression was very positive. I feel like the themes of the characters hit very close to home for me. You have just two people who are very high achieving in high school, you know, grew up trying to like work the hardest because they thought they were going to get this like shiny treasure if they just worked hard. And now they're in a situation they're like, oh, you know, my this whatever this treasure doesn't exist like this is just life and so i do think it was a little bit over dramatized but there is a moment in the show where i think both of them are drinking and just like talking through what they went through that i felt like was very impactful to me and so i know that the show is kind of framed as more of like a healing show so that's actually what i am most you know excited to see and i feel like the setup was really good for that aspect um so i had a really positive first impression like brandon said it's just so funny as well because 
I love seeing Park Hyun-sik in rom-coms and Park Shin-hye as well. Like I know she kind of did a couple more serious movies um, a couple years ago, which she did amazing in. But both of them in this rom-com role just like really, really suit them. Um, so that just made me really happy. And I think I laughed out loud a handful of times just because of how ridiculous some of these scenes were. Um, so I thought it was really good. I do agree the lawsuit was like interesting. Um, so I am curious to see where it goes. I think there's enough plot lines that are happening that I'm crossing my fingers that it's gonna like see us all the way through to episode 16 but overall I I don't think I have as many gripes as you guys so I I really did like this show I loved the premise where they were both number one at school but they both one came from rich one came from poor Mm -hmm. they ended up at very different I guess stages in their career albeit they both went into the medical field but you know he's kind of like the Icarus character like he flew too close yeah, to the sun like his true. peers were kind of um, hating on him mm-hmm. and he's just brought straight down to reality right and I at that moment I kind of thought it was going to be like he gets brought to reality but then she kind of keeps her status so then the roles switch but she also mm-hmm. quits her job gets diagnosed with depression right. um and so they're kind of both at like ground zero and they have each other mm-hmm. to build. And I think that was like the last scene together when they're drunk. Yeah. And so and they're hugging um, and a just, lot yeah. happened in the first two episodes. And this is a 16 epper. So it's really up from here. Um, my biggest question, not, you know, generally is going to be like, where does the show really go from here? There's a lot of different ways that this show could pan out. Yeah, I hear you guys. Hope they don't add a random serial killer. Really going to be bummed if they do that. Well, I feel like that's one thing that I'm worried about as well because we did see that there is some like hooded figure, you know, tailing Park Yun-shik's character. So I feel like we can't rule it out. This is just like a typical rom-com like trope nowadays. Like um, I saw somebody comment, I forget if it was on Twitter or somewhere, but they're saying that this reminds them almost of like Crash Course where it's like, you have the hint of a serial killer, but as long as that serial killer is like not completely nonsense, like hopefully that doesn't take away from like the romance and all the other positive things. Um, I wanted to go back to something, Andy, you mentioned about like characters who are kind of mean for no reason. And I know Brandon brought up one of them, which is that doctor who like just kept throwing papers on the ground and kicking, you know, our hunter and whatnot. But were there any other characters that you were thinking of that you thought was kind of like, maybe one-dimensional or just like mean for no reason that kind of irked you yeah i think it's just the doctor um but also the mother i think the shows mm-hmm. i think you talked about the healing portion mm-hmm. of the show and i think that i think that's what i want to see as well i think this is why these two characters of childhood characters they come together they're rivals but they weren't like mean to each other they're like friendly rivals they helped to build each other up to manifest and become essentially doctors to who they are today and then you know they 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 get hit all the way down to the bottom of their their lives and for them to like piece back together and like because they can relate with one another talking about their their medical like practices and whatnot uh yeah so and then and then we do find out that uh park shinhe has depression and i think the way the the show kind of they do want to highlight depression and depression is a mental disease of the mind or not a disease it's like a it's like you know physical you break an arm you you, you don't you don't run on that or you don't run on that leg if you break a leg it's the same thing as de- uh, depression you should you know probably rest a little bit more um and then they go about the mom and then she when she goes and confronts the mom about like oh i do have depression and whatnot um the mom was kind of mean and whatnot and i was like man this okay this is just a little bit too much to kind of see um i think it wasn't like as realistic 
uh, as I want it to be. She she does come to terms that like oh maybe this uh, this is the best for my character, but like I, I I just wanted to see more from the mom besides just being a little bit more. Like I'm that. with you there, Andy. I I actually didn't mind um the scene where Pakshina's character confronts the mom. I actually felt like that was a little bit more realistic, from my opinion. I feel like in Asian culture, just even the topic of having depression is um has been taboo i'm so happy that it's now becoming less taboo but the first thing that the mom says is like how i broke my back to like provide everything for you how could you have depression everyone else can but you can and i feel like that's just such a poor misconception and i feel like that dialogue kind of resonated with me it was after when the mom is starting to come to terms she kind of still made it about her and not about Mm -hmm. pakshina's character and like i didn't like that I was like, okay, you've now understanding how rough your daughter, um, a rough of a time your daughter is having. You know, her commentary wasn't about the daughter; it was just about herself. I'm she was about the like, mom. yeah, the mom was like, oh, yeah. as your mom, I should have known that this was what you're going through. Instead of like, oh, my poor daughter, I feel so bad for you. Or like, how are you? Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mm. think you know. I feel like. The idea of mental illness with a lot of Asian families is a little bit tricky. And I do think, Brandon, like you mentioned, the initial reaction I do feel like is not totally off the mark. Um, you know, I think obviously there's a lot of parents who are understanding, but I think a lot of people just don't don't really understand what it is. And even our main character, Hannah Park Chinit's character, even when she first finds out, she's even in denial. She's like, right. there's no way. I, I just need to like drink some beers, you know, but I like... remember um, Daily Dose of Sunshine. Very similar Exactly, premise. exactly. So I, I don't think it's completely off the mark here in the show. It seems like this is a common theme and I think we are all Asian and I'm sure we kind of can see where um, some of these parents are coming from and just because that's how maybe they are raised Um, but I do agree that I hope the mom character is positive like she's just so obsessed with her daughter that I hope it's not like she's going to be an antagonistic figure in her healing journey you know where it's just like oh no you have to do this actually no you have to do that no you have to go back and work for this doctor because like that's what you always wanted to do remember you know and I think the mom was so lucky that her first daughter it's just worked so hard but i hope that the show doesn't just make her this constant roadblock to um hannah kind of like finding what she needs to do to be happy so i kind of share that sentiment where like she seemed kind of frustrating but hopefully that's that's it you know another frustrating character too was all of parkshin hicks friends and just like co-workers too everyone he interacts with that he consider his friends are not really friends they're very two-faced oh Park um, like when they're character. like talking crap with the, uh, against each other like literally mm-hmm. in front of their face i was like that's so messed up why would you do that that's so frustrating i've never seen that ever in real life where you're talking like crap to someone else very loudly right next to them that like, yeah. scene really irked me andy because like they walk into the bar and that one guy the asshole guy was like oh my god you're here like yeah join us join us like you never come out like sit right here and then begins to roast him ferociously <laughs> yeah. for like five yeah, minutes. It was really I was, I'm up. surprised Pakenshi didn't just punch him in the face. I know. Yeah. Well, I think what's extra tough is like they established that even though he's a little bit cocky and whatnot, like he genuinely cares about all the people around him. Like from the work that he does, he even like volunteers and like he helps his friends out as much as he can. Yeah, the two friends that totally betrayed yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Or not betrayed him, or, but turned their backs. Exactly. On him. And it just, it feel like it makes his situation he's in just even worse because he seems like a genuine person and now everyone else is like 
ragging on him for his own misfortune and it just makes you feel very like bad for him even more than like the situation he's already in you know just because he's such a good guy for the rest of the show i feel like one angle that the show could take is um kind of like a duo detective arc you know Mm. you have both of them now working together to figure out all of the details around why the the murder i don't know what you call it yeah death happened yeah like is that the route you guys would want to see no i don't think so i i hope that the trial is not something that continues throughout the entire show at least for me i think it would be good to have it happen and have it wrapped up and then like hopefully we find clarity towards the end but i don't need that to be like the main plot line you mm. know i from the preview it seems like hanner just sees you know uh i keep forgetting his actual name and uh, jungwoo's character in more of a human light because i feel like right now in her head that's just like her rival childhood rival you know mm-hmm. but i think now if she sees his misfortune so like in the spotlight i hope that just like helps humanizes him to her and that's like the main point of the trial not something that drives the plot all the way forward how about you andy Okay, so, well, this is also one of the biggest scripts I do have. I mentioned <laughs> earlier about the lawsuit and whatnot. I do think the show is heading towards about them working together because he is a surgeon in uh, cosmetics, mm-hmm. and she is an anesthesiologist, and he is missing an anesthesiologist because his anesthesiologist is, I think, potentially the perpetrator. And so they, they go hand-in-hand hand to work together to solve this case. Um, so the biggest gripe, too, in the medical field, too, is... Um, he doesn't administer medicine. The anesthesiologist is the one that um, uh, administers medicine. So he shouldn't even be on the lawsuit in the first place because she is in uh, the lawsuit is she got bled out. He didn't cause the bleeding out. The medicines caused the bleeding out. He can't administer medicine. The anesthesiologist administers medicine. So why is he in the lawsuit in the first place? Well, I think it's his is his center, his clinic. You know, like. I feel like it's more of like he claimed that his clinic didn't have this certain substance and then now they found it at his clinic. So it's like if he owns his clinic, it's like malpractice on his end, maybe. Like, I don't so know. It's a suit to the business? Yeah. A lawsuit to the business? I, I don't think he, him, I don't think they're suing him as a killer. They're not saying you administered this medicine, but I think they're suing his business as malpractice, which is then causing kind of this like downhill effect that's how i interpret mm-hmm. it at least like, I, I i totally hear you andy though yeah. what what you're yeah. saying yeah and also because there's there's a lot of foul play going on that like clearly the legal system you should be catching on that like he is clearly something is fishy going on that he is not doing and everyone is being like very mean to him uh so that was really um that's like the biggest gripe that i had mm-hmm. um the second gripe too i do have with this as well is his character um he's he's playing this character he's a very genius character and um i don't think he's super cocky i think he has this like child childlike innocence that mm-hmm. like he's just really good at what he does um and for him to kind of this is dr slump and he is falling from like a very high place to a very a small place Everything that he's doing is not because of his fault. It's someone else's fault. Yeah. I think it would have been cool to see him fall due to his, his own actions. Like, he was the one that messed up during surgery. And that causes him to go through a character development of, like, oh, I am at fault. I, I did all these things. And then he has to do changes. As opposed to an exterior, mo- uh, exterior like, source that did this to him. Then it's like, okay, then it's just other people just being mean to, to him. And his character is just, you know... It doesn't really fall. It's just because 
someone else is doing things. I love that you brought that up just now, Andy, because that is a great segue into the question I wanted to ask you to. By the end of episode 16, um, where do you want to see each of these characters develop and where do you see them ending up? And I love that Andy just brought it up because, as Andy said, he didn't mess up on his own. He was targeted, so to say. So, like, let's just say everything gets cleared up. Like, oh, you're not at fault. You you can open up your center again and yada yada. Like, we are we going to just see him right back being this hotshot plastic surgeon? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where is the character development really going to come from, I guess? I, mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm actually okay that this is the case because I feel like it reinforces the idea of, like, no matter how hard you yourself try, sometimes it's just not in your cards. And, like, sometimes doesn't matter how hard you work you know your entire life sometimes that shiny object that you thought you're gonna get is just not there you know there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow like that's just life so like you know it doesn't always have to mean that like you messed up therefore you have this bad thing happen sometimes you don't mess up and that's just life happens to you so i feel like that for me was kind of something i focus more on the show um you know i don't feel like i have a perfect answer for your question brandon but i think at the end of the day it'd be helpful to see how the show conveys more of like a mentality shift and i hope that i can kind of like learn something from this show maybe it's like i don't know like the way you view things just need to be different or it's like a mentality shift and i hope that they are able to explain that well to me but i don't necessarily think it's like oh we both give up being doctors la-di-da let's open a farm or somewhere and i don't know grow like grapes together or something like i don't need it to be like such a dramatic shift um but i i just want the show to be able to convey properly what this like quote-unquote healing journey needs to be yeah how about you andy for both characters like where do you want to see them end up by the end yeah i do i I do want to see growth uh like a healing growth of them like overcoming these things together uh i think this is the the premise of the show and i mean i really like the premise um i don't want to see like i mean i agree with jenny where like sometimes life doesn't go your way um and that's totally fine i think i wanted to see more of that but not in any exaggerated way of like the doctor being mean like Mm -hmm. why can't the doctor just be you know nice and it just so happens to be that like she just doesn't get the role so things don't go her way but they over dramatize him being mean to showcase that like things are not your way and um i kind of want to see a little bit more realism in that aspect uh and then for them to grow together based on that yeah uh, i agree i'm really enjoying this show um i i'm just a little bit you know scared that we're gonna get some silliness just to make the plot more interesting and if there was something that i really don't want to see on the show you know i don't want to i don't want any character i don't want the writers to make any character bad just to make them bad Mm -hmm. Uh, really don't want to see any serial killers Um, do we think Mm -hmm. that's going to be any love triangles or any other love lines that you guys can think of I don't think so. I feel like there's going to be the main leads and I think there's going to be a second lead and I think yeah. that's it. Like, I don't think they're going to have like a love triangle anywhere. Fair enough. Andy, we haven't seen you in a while. I feel like you're you're very angry recently, but come over, <laughs> we'll hang out, we'll cheer you up because it's very sad to see that you're, you know, you're, you're not loving these K-dramas. Uh, for all of our listeners, please go check out our last episode. I know the title was kind of misleading. We just titled it as like the finale for My Demon, but we have our Plocha's Choice Award winners. We have the Plocha's Top 5. We have our re-ranking, so it's a, a very packed episode. Um, next week we're going to continue watching shop for killers just two more episodes and same for dr slump episodes three and four 
Jenny, socials? Yeah, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, a bunch of playlists. Check out our Ko-Fi and our Patreon. Our um, January Patreon has been released. That is Love Reset, uh, Love Reset, also called 30 Days. So please check that out if you're one of our Patreon members. Um, and if you want to support us in addition, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Andrew, please send us out. This is the Butcher Playlist, and we're out.